Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Mirror Mirror. I am coming to you today from the inside of my garage. And believe it or not, that kind of feels like a flex coming from New York City on account of the size of the garage is probably bigger than my apartment. So uh, at least I have this quiet place to record, but it potentially will be a little echoey. And my dog is excited that I've just returned home from volunteering at the Boys and Girls Club. So she's panting just because she's excited. But uh, I'm a little bit late to record today because I have just been moving and shaking and just, you know, kind of trying not to let the thoughts uh, sit too long in my head. Again, as I alluded to last time, I, I came out to California for certain reasons. I thought I would be ready to talk about that today, but I'm not, and I'm still going through it. So, uh, and out of respect to everyone involved in the situation, I think it would probably be best if I let a little bit of time go by before I talk about it. But uh, regardless, as it normally presents itself, the week had a message for me. And this week, it's been an ongoing experience. Um, as I spoke on last week, I my spirituality has become more defined, you know, uh, rather than exclusively kind of just thinking in this kind of spiritual cosmic concept, concept which I is still a, a part of me. I, I've now kind of rather I've become specific where I'm instead of calling the you know universe spirit, I'm I'm directly speaking to God and Jesus. So that's that's where I'm at now, and in that process. Like, don't let me lose you, okay? Like, this isn't going to be about, like, I'm not trying to convert people. I'm just trying to tell you about my experience. And so, you know, this is where it gets interesting. So I have not had a great experience in, like, leaning to my faith here in San Diego because San Diego is notoriously conservative. You know, California always votes blue, but not that that matters to me. Like, first of all, blue, red, it doesn't matter. I'm a kind of more of a purple, if you ask me. That's when blue and red are blended for those of you that didn't make it through that part of uh, art class in primary school. But I am having trouble connecting with people because it does seem that like this brand of Christianity out here kind of goes hand in hand with very right leaning conservative principles. And so my first experience, uh, I started talking about faith more readily with people, period. And so that has then allowed other people to share that part of themselves with me. It's really interesting how many kind of closet Christians there are out there. But uh, regardless, I was invited to a church. I had a great time at that church. And then I followed it up with a Bible study with some women. And the women in this group were all people that I would put, I wouldn't necessarily say my mom's age because my mom was born in 55. But I would say that these people were probably born in the 60s or 70s. So they're of that age group. And so they were just ripe to be turning our Bible study into talking about masks, the validity of the election, um, you know, a lot of politics. And honestly, I don't, even though it's not how I think, and I do think that the people that think that way have a certain way of thinking that doesn't resonate with me, I'm not going to stop that. I'm not going to allow that to stop me from 
getting another perspective. I'm not going to let it stop me from communing in faith. I'm not going to let it stop me from getting to know the person. Because obviously, if everyone in my world speaks like me, talks like me, acts like me, walks like me, I'm never going to be able to grow. So that's not really my MO. I'm definitely, I'm a talker, don't get me wrong. Hello, I'm talking to myself into the void here. But uh, I definitely like to listen to other opinions. So I don't care how they voted. I don't care about all of those things. But where I did draw the line in that group was when we started talking on racial issues. And it's like they had a justification for every police murder of a black person that you've ever met. And I would not stay silent in that space. I wasn't going to, for the comfort of everyone in the group, let them think that I was co-signing to them justifying the murder of Breonna Taylor, for instance. And unfortunately, there are so many cases with so many details that I can't be an expert to speak on every subject and to convey with with the gravitas required to impart on these people the facts you know all I can do is I guess like advocate so I I listened but I I didn't I definitely didn't back down in those points and so at a at the following week um the the hostess of this gathering I guess I should also say that in part of my arguing um they were saying that white people are killed more than black people And I said, well, statistics can be manipulated to say anything that you really want them to. But what I would say is that white people are the predominant, they are, they are the majority. So the fact that they are killed more would kind of stand to reason, but it is in fact true. And I was able to pull up in that sitting, in that space, black people are killed 2.5 times more than their white counterparts. And that is, that's, that's actually inappropriate statistically. So at first they had this, this position that white people are killed more. And then instantly when I pulled up that statistic, they abandoned that position and literally in the same breath said, well, do you know why that's the case? And I looked at them like, okay, please enlighten me. Why? And he said, that's because they don't have fathers. And I just thought, wow, like this, the position here is just so weak. It's so, and it's like, why? Okay. They don't have fathers. Why is that? Why has the system been stacked this way? And I also kind of reminded them that, listen, he said, well, there's more crimes going on in their communities. That's, you know, so they're over police. And I said, if you were to turn the university of Southern California upside down and shake it out, the amount of drugs, weapons, and exotic animals that would probably fall out of that school would probably make your head spin. Okay, I went to La Costa Canyon, a very under-policed community in Carlsbad and Sanitas area. And, you know, the kids there drive Porsches and Acuras. And I mean, I know Porsche to Acura is completely different, but I'm saying kind of like the bottom of the barrel is kind of around that point in, in the Acura zone. You know, maybe your mom's old Lexus, but, you know, this is this is a place of privilege. But I, I can assure you that there was no shortage of prescription pills being passed around. There was no shortage of cocaine, heroin, you name it. There's all of these things are available to these children, both prescribed and unprescribed. So to say that crimes occur more in certain communities is preposterous and it's uh, it's diluted to fit your narrative. So after that point, I told them I found another Bible study group, which was true. I found another church, which was true. And uh, well, we'll get to that other church in a moment. I actually really enjoyed the church that they took me to. It was very relatable and real but my experience with the Bible study wasn't great. Um, And then later on my experience with the church, the second church that I went to wasn't great at all. But um, I had been confronted by the hostess of this Bible study. And by confronted, I just mean that she reached out and she said, hey, 
you know, sometimes as people, we build up these stories in our head. And my story is telling me that you felt ganged up on at Bible study. And I said, listen, I didn't feel ganged up on. I was busy in the day, but I told her I'm about to go volunteer. I will respond to you thoughtfully later. And then later on in the day, I actually had a facial and I, I responded to her before the facial. I said, hey, I haven't forgotten about you. I'm just running into this facial. But uh, so then I, I wrote down my reply. I had to write it down because I don't know that I can read my text messages and record the podcast at the same time. So um, my message is as follows. So this is what I wrote in response to explain my feelings of that day. And I said, so I guess I'll preface also by saying that I very much believe that the point of communication is so that the person receives the message. If I just emotionally open up on her and say everything, someone once told me, if it feels good leaving your lips in anger, don't say it. So it's like, what is the goal of this conversation and, and what are my hopes? So I went into this, please listen to what I'm telling you with the idea that I am trying to win hearts and minds. I'm not trying to be right and dominate. So this is what I chose to say. Again, thank you for your message. First, as I stated, I think you're all good, well-intentioned, God-loving people. I don't care who you voted for or whether you wear a mask or not. The topic that made me feel uneasy surrounded race. You never made me feel the color of my skin was a barrier between us or that it was relevant to you in any way. I want that to be abundantly clear. But it was very difficult to listen to a room full of white people discuss issues that affect the black community with authority and being dismissive of things like systemic racism. I looked into the Breonna Taylor issue. They were saying that, well, her boyfriend had, uh, you know, fired shots at police. So that's for a little bit of context. I said her partner fired that gun as any red-blooded American would as the cops had a no-knock warrant and did not announce themselves as police. I felt that a lot of what was discussed around race was based off of half the information. My handwriting's terrible. That's why I'm like struggling reading. So as a person of color who has experienced both discrimination and racism in my life, it was indeed disappointing and even hurtful to hear many of the things discussed around race. But with that said, I don't think you are malicious or racist people. I think we get information from different sources that we are both comfortable with and likely won't change. We, we come from different experiences, maybe even different realities in certain ways. So I accept the fact that we won't agree on everything. In fact, I'm perfectly okay with that because as I said many times, I think we have more in common than differences. But regardless of the fact that I can know where your hearts are and the intentions that I know are well-placed, it still was painful to hear some of this things surrounding race. You are both part of my journey with God, and I love you both for that. I hope you don't feel judged. I hope you can see I don't think you're bad people at all. I just don't want to talk about hot-button issues that feel personal. Masks, Trump, Biden, the validity of the election, none of that matters to me. The issues on race are personal to me, and again, some of the things are, are hard to digest and reconcile. So it has been difficult to look you in the eye because I'm having to reconcile my personal experience with you that has been nothing short of warm, lovely, and charming versus some of the things said that I feel, and in some cases know, to be inaccurate. I'm trying to express disappointment while acknowledging I don't think you're malicious, evil, or racist. We just happen to disagree on something that is more personal to me than the other things. I think it says a lot about you to be direct with me and to make the air, and to make the air between us fresh and comfortable. So again, the point is, is that like, okay, like if I were to receive a message saying that like you made me feel uncomfortable in your home, I would, you know, immediately kind of feel defensive. So I 
thought it was very important to say that like, you've never made me feel this way. And I, I've never felt this way. My experience with you is great. I don't think this of you, but the words you chose to say don't align with my experience with you. And I can't sit silent in this space. So what's today's episode about now that we're 11 minutes and 45 seconds in? It's about standing up, right? Because we, we said last week that like, like we're, we're, we're becoming that bitch, right? So like you need to be that bitch in all spaces and, you know, frankly, at all times. And stepping into your strength means knowing your principles, knowing what you're about and to be that voice in those rooms. So I can't say enough how well that situation went because the reply that I got was, well, Amira, like I didn't say anything, you know, she, she, first of all, she acknowledged me. She said, I don't think that racism, doesn't exist. I don't think that discrimination doesn't exist. And that's the thing is that like, she also went on to say, I, I didn't say anything. And I said to her quite literally, I mistook your silence for compliance. And if you really, and she said, I'm working on, you know, not backing away from confrontation. And, you know, I had told a friend about this scenario and he was just like so irate and so mad and just like, you see, she's the problem, blah, 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 blah. you know, just like really getting upset. And I understand that anger. And mind you, this is a black man. And I said, listen, you're not wrong. I hear you. I understand you. I'm, I, I trust me. That is one way to approach her. But if I do that, I'm never going to have a chance to show her anything, but that one moment, that one side, and I'm not going to have a chance to show her something different, but I know with the approach that I chose, she and I were going to actually hang out one-on-one, -on -one, not with this group. She had shared, she said that I'm Jewish and I don't, or she was raised Jewish. Now she's Christian, but she said I was raised Jewish. And that is something that I'm intimidated to admit in certain circles. Cause I don't feel safe. And I said, listen, like you have to be that presence in those spaces to show people what your people are like. Don't let them make you pretend to be, she said, and she even said, she said, I don't have to say I'm Jewish. People who have color ha don't get that privilege. And I, and so she gets it. And that, you know, she gets it and she still said nothing. And that's where my, you know, my friend was really upset. But I understand that this particular person has trouble advocating for herself, let alone for someone else. So we just have to see each other as humans, no matter what side of the fence that we sit on. I think the best place to sit is in the middle, you know, not, I mean, not undecided, not, I guess middle sitting isn't great, you know, but what I mean is like mentally stay open that way. Obviously you have to, you know, pick a side, pick a side for sure. Like don't do not get me wrong. There's only one side here, but in your mentality, not, you know, in your actions be about it, but in your mentality, just remain open so that you can scoop people up and show them like the light, you know, show them that truth of the situation that they are being manipulated and lied to and that they're only kind of receiving half facts to justify the murder of people in the street. Like the fact that we were talking about how George Floyd, you didn't see the 45 minute video, George Floyd was high. He had the, a tab of, I don't know, meth or whatever, whatever. I don't really know what they're accusing him of, of being high on, but regardless, it's almost like you're, it, it's almost like like literally no matter what you were, I think that the medical examiner in this case literally was like, yeah, he had this, that, and the other thing. Those were all contributing factors to his death, the way that we all have contributing factors that are killing us all slowly, right? There's a lot of things going on in all of us right now that are killing us slowly. We're not invincible made to live forever. So yes, those were contributing factors to his death, but the cause of his death, was a fucking knee on his neck, you know? It's just like, are we, like, what are we saying here, people? Are we asserting 
that drugs killed George Floyd or that a knee on his neck for nine, 10 minutes was the one, was the thing that did it. Like, come on, you know? So it just, it was, it was completely outrageous to sit in that room and let these people talk that talk. So like that just wasn't going to happen. And so she and I are going to hang out this week and I'm sure we're going to be able to kind of close out that conversation in that chapter, but I don't mean close it out in a way that like we're not taking from it and that the, the spirit of that conversation isn't going to continue to live between us because there's going to be more moments for that. I mean, since we had that conversation, two people have been murdered or it's been revealed that two people have been murdered by police and another officer, I believe it was in Texas that like he was a, he's just, he's serving in the military also kind of just, you know, was subjected to like outrageous police kind of force. And, you know, I, I'm sure you guys know the story. But I guess depending on when you listen to this, 17 more things might have happened that made you forget about it. So that was case in point number one. We're, we're leaning into standing up. We're leaning into taking up those spaces and not being quiet for the comfort of others, not shrinking ourselves, not changing our opinions, being firm in our, in our beliefs, in our morals, in our principles. That's where we're at. So I despite the fact that I had a great time at the church that I was invited to by this hostess of my Bible study, I wanted to find something else. And I had heard of this kind of more youthful, you know, church called Awaken. And so it's uh, in, in an old furniture store, in the old Ashley furniture store here in San Marcos, California. And I thought it was quite funny that this church is in an old furniture store on account of Jesus was a carpenter. I thought that that was kind of charming. So um, I go to the church and I'm greeted by a lovely woman named, you'll never guess it, but Ashley, you know, so we had some laughs about that. I made, I made sure to make my Jesus Carpenter joke or, you know, observation. We had a good laugh. And then I'm walking in and there's kind of like a merch booth. And I mean, there's a cafe, there's a merch booth. I mean, it's like crazy. There's a kid center. It's like a mega church. So uh, I see in the merch store, I don't really notice much merch, but I do see them selling a, a shirt that says the future is female and male. And I said to Ashley, I said, honestly, I feel like the future is probably non-binary. Don't you think? I feel like that's kind of the way it's going. And she said, oh, this is a conservative church. I was like, all right, well, all right, let's hear what they have to say. You know, even though I was like, okay, like that kind of is fishy, but it's just funny how if something doesn't direct directly affect you. We can kind of like, all right, let me still just listen. But like, yeah, that doesn't directly affect me because I'm a, I believe the terminology is like a cis female. Like, you know, I just like, I don't have problems. It's not a problem. Let me rephrase that. I don't have, I, I don't have a, 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 I'm not discovering my identity as, as it pertains to like my gender and my sex. How about that? So, uh, I, I went in there still with a somewhat open mind, but I, I won't lie. I was, I was a little turned off and not like a little, I was just kind of like, hmm, okay. So I sit down in the church and, yo, like there is smoke, lights, leather jackets. I mean, it is a full rock and roll show and people are wearing mini skirts, skirts, uh, dresses with slits up the side that are short. I mean, it's looking more like a club than a church. And which is, I mean, hey, like I'm, I'm the last one to talk about how people are dressed at Amira Manderson. That's all you need to know. I'm not judging another woman by how she dresses. Be, the way you dress does not comment on your sexual availability, uh, the availability, excuse me. Um, 
but maybe accounts for your ability. I don't know, but not your availability, excuse me. So um, whatever, it's a sexy church and it kind of felt like a meat market to me, but whatever, you know. Um, I was, I, I didn't find a seat immediately. And so I had been standing for a little while. And so when I got to my seat, I sat and I kind of noticed that people were like, anno- like kind of like side eyeing me for sitting while everyone was standing. But it's just like, I'm at a rock show, guys. I want to sit down. Like, that's it. You know, leave me alone. And I also happened to be one of the only people with masks on or a mask on. Actually, I was the only, like the single only. And I just kind of feel like we're all in one room. You've decided to shut all these doors and we are singing at the top of our lungs. Like, I don't know, COVID, you know, I don't know how this thing works, how this thing spreads exactly. Yes, we're over a year into it, but I haven't made the effort. I just, I'm following the rules, not getting the vaccine for my own personal reasons, but bless you if you do. I'm super down for your choices that you make as an autonomous human being, go for it. But um, so people were like side-eyeing me for the mask, for sitting, maybe both, I don't know. Maybe I was imagining everything, but when it came time to exchange like a sign of peace, you know, like that's what we say in Catholic church, but you know, like say what's up to your neighbor, like say good morning. Um, You know, like no one wanted to talk to me. Um, Someone did say hi, Uh, she waved, but it was when I turned around and she saw I had a mask on, it looked like I had a, like a ghoulish mask on, like it was Halloween and like I had just frightened her. So it wasn't necessarily like, oh, you clearly have a COVID mask. It's like, oh my God, she has a, like a Jason mask on. That's probably not the scariest mask I could have come up with, but. I couldn't think of one. Okay, so Jason. Freddy. Freddy, that's a that's a scary one. Okay, that's Nightmare on Elm Street. There you go. I had a Freddy mask on. I didn't though. I just I had my regular face with a mask over it, so probably not the scariest. Uh, but whatever. Uh, but then so 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 just a couple little microaggressions, if you will, right? And then finally the the person preaching the 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 you know the church the church leader uh she was from australia and um you know she was talking about like christian principles and values and how being raised that way is important and i was like all right you're like oh, i'm feeling that like whatever like, or or just like i'm listening i'm listening yes this is the way but i like there's something about it's like it's like why am i taking an issue with you saying things that i agree with like something about what you're saying, I feel like you're saying something else. And then finally, it kind of came around to this this kind of point, like this, this boiling point where it was like, and the way other religions like the Muslims, can you believe that they think that Christians are the problem? What about the Muslims? And I mean, I was like, what? We get an hour and a half in this room and about 40 of those minutes are spent singing to this rock music. And you have this precious time to speak about the word of God and Jesus. And you are choosing to spend that precious time shitting on another religion that literally isn't present and has nothing to do with you. It was almost just like she was at the pulpit, like just kind of finding reasons to complain. Uh, or like she, she wanted to talk about Gavin Newsom. She wanted to talk about masks being a problem, directly alienating people in her church, right? Like me, a newcomer, not feeling welcome. So it was, it was uncomfortable. And so we're, we're standing up for things, right? So the second she starts bashing the Muslim faith in a room full of, I would say no less than 200 people. I'm not really great at estimating that sort of thing. I mean, it could have been three, but I mean, it was, it was quite a theater as only one person is talking with the entire audience giving her that attention, I got up from my chair and I excused myself. I wish I would have maybe even said something because remember I am that bitch, something along the lines of like, 
with how much time we have in here, I don't think you should be wasting it talking about the Muslim faith. You know, let's focus on what we got going on in here, that sort of thing. But hopefully my walkout made a point. Maybe they thought I just had a family emergency and had to get going. But I think the fact that I had a mask on coupled with the fact that I left, I hope that I was able to make a point and an impression. So I would say over the course of the last week, this is what has been presented to me is two opportunities that like, despite the fact that I am searching for faith and spirituality, I would say, despite that fact that like, you need to listen to your own gut in life. Like, let's like you, I always like to relate it to some, to, to you guys. Right. Cause like, I'm always talking about fitness. I'm now talking more about faith, but let's see how we can relate it to like you and the spaces that you're taking up in the rooms that you're in and how you can stand up in your way in your life. So, you know, this is how, this is my story. Now flip it to you where it's relevant. So, uh, you know, maybe yours is in the boardroom. Maybe you never stepped foot in a church and you're not around right wing fundamental people. Maybe you're in your office and there's people making comments about Asian people, right? That's like where we're at right now at this exact moment. Um, so we just need to not let this shit slide. We need to be those voices and those advocates when there aren't people in those spaces, right? It's like how convenient that this room full of white people can discuss black issues when there's not a black, a, like a, a black, black person there to talk about it. Like I am black, but I'm not, I, I would not be so bold as to think that I'm someone that could go around saying the N word, whether I wanted to or not, you know, like I know that I have a privilege even within my own community. And in fact, I should say that at that, at that Bible study, there, there were people that were like, well, like, are you black? Like, I feel like maybe they were like, well, why are you making such a big deal of this? Are you black? And I was like, yeah, actually I am. I absolutely am black. My maternal grandmother is a Jamaican woman that makes my mother black. And that makes me black. I am black. So, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not going to pretend that I am having the same experience as a African-American woman who presents that way and walks that way. Like, you know, I have a way of speaking. I have a way of, of, uh, comporting myself, the, 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 the tone of my skin, the texture of my hair, it's almost manufactured to make white people feel comfortable. But like, maybe that's how I was raised. You know, my mom's, told me she, one of her first, you know, couple of dates as a teenager, she brought home uh, a black man. And my grandma said, you can't do better than that. So there's so much colorism within our own community. And there's just discrimination and racism within our own community and outside. It's just like, there's really no way to escape this sort of mentality. We just have to continue to be those advocates, be those voices, and to just change change how people feel like, emboldened and comfortable to speak. And so it's like, are you black Amira? Yes. So like, does it change how comfortable you feel to talk about what you're talking about? Did you think that it would, you thought it would be cool. Like you, like you wouldn't talk like this if a, if like a, if a, you know, a, a, a person who is unmistakably both parents, African-American, if someone like that was standing in this room, I know you would shut the fuck up. I know you wouldn't have fucking shit to say about any of this, but because you thought you did, but you were wrong. And now we're having this conversation. So I do feel that the way that I was able to present this definitely touched hearts and minds. And in fact, I was able to hear from her partner. So there were two people, it's a couple. Um, so her, her male partner was able to kind of be like, oh, like, 
you know, I kind of didn't think about it like that. Cause it's like when you're reading kind of, we all have propaganda. Don't get me wrong. I said, it's two heads, same beast. One's, one, one's working for Coke. The other one's working for Pepsi, but they're both selling the same drug. So like, don't get me wrong, but, uh, I kind of got on a tangent there, like saying that they're both two heads of the same beast, but, uh, just because I, I think that there are some people that are like way too blue, you know, so there, I'm not agreeing. This isn't political and I don't want to, I don't want to make spaces of faith become this because like, why are we talking about blue lives, black lives? Why are we talking about anyone other than the life of Jesus Christ in these spaces? It just, but you know, it was pointed out to me by a friend that like, well, Jesus was political. And like, I absolutely like believe that, but like no one alive today should be speaking for how Jesus would have voted, what Jesus would have thought. But you know what? I can fundamentally say, I do feel comfortable saying that Jesus would not be down for kids in cages. Jesus would not be down for these borders where people aren't able to seek asylum and refuge. So I just feel like it's just so the, the, the party line that like feels, you know, kind of has this Christian fundamentalism behind it. Just it seems so unchristian to me sometimes with how exclusive it's like in the same breath that you're saying love one another. You're also saying that the Muslim faith is like violent. And I'm just wondering to myself, like, oh, like, so you've studied the Quran, like you must be a, a theological expert that just like has studied all world religions and can speak on authority. It's just it's again, these people want to speak on authority about something that they don't know that much about. I'm, I'm willing to bet. But maybe I'm wrong. It's unlikely, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, remember, this podcast is just uh, just kind of me talking, my knowledge base through my experiences. This is not, uh, you know, this isn't the Bible, you know, <laughs> this isn't that. So um, let's wrap this up. Where are we at? 29 minutes. I think that's perfect. So be that bitch. Stand strong in the spaces that you take up. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to make your point. And so long as you can do it with love and respect and with the idea that you are communicating and what's the point of communicating for the other person to truly receive the message. It's not just so that you feel good that you got everything off your chest that you have to. That's one way. That's, that's, that's something. But that's for you. Do you want the other person to change, to shift their beliefs? Do you want the other person to see your perspective? Then you have to be more mindful in your approach. It can't just be, how do I make them feel like the stupid piece of shit racist fucker that they are? Like that's, what would I have done in that situation? What would I have changed? I would have just, I would have almost confirmed their beliefs. I would have made them justified in their beliefs. So that's not what we want. Um, so with that said, guys, thank you so much for listening. And I continue to love you. Love yourself. Love each other. Love. That's the only way. It's the most transformative force in the entire universe. And some people go so far as to say God is love. So, uh, okay, this is turning into a Christian podcast, you guys. And it's not. It is not. That is not what's happening. Next week, we might talk about my personal life. We might talk about why I moved to California and what I'm going through. I hope we don't because I'm really not necessarily ready to talk about it. I hope the week presents something else. But, um, you know, next week, we can get off of this. I promise. I'm not trying to convert you guys on this podcast. Maybe another one. But I'm not in a position to convert anyone. I am in a, I'm in a process of discovery. 
my faith is strong. And it's just really nice to have that faith, to have that, that peace of mind that the universe is conspiring in my favor, that God is conspiring in my favor and that things are out of my hands to a large degree. And that's what, what's meant to be is going to be. And the lessons that I've learned by having that acceptance and that faith has been invaluable. So if you're still calling it the universe or you're, or if you call it the universe or spirit, I still do. I still do because to me it's one in the same and it's what feels comfortable, but I'm getting there. So that's why I'm talking about it. This is what this is. This is like my verbal diary. This is me sharing my road to actualization, realization, which of of course we all know will never be met, but you know, this is just my journey. And I do think that it has been valuable. You know, uh, I definitely feel like the main character of my life and you're the main character of your life. We're all the main characters. So, um, live with that main character energy. That's all I can say to you. Um, until next week, you guys, I love you. Bye.